Hello and welcome to 60 Minutes With. I'm Chris and I'm joined by my co-host, it's Mr. Adam Parry. Evening. Hello, how are you? I'm all right, how are you? I'm very well, yes. Um, This is not an ABC show, as uh, people will probably have noticed because we haven't said this is the ABC of gaming. Um, This is going to be a special feature show if you like um a little side project that we've decided to come up with or you've decided to come up with i should say well, um, well i don't know oh yeah sort of i don't know just, i had a thought yes you had a thought it <laughs> popped into one. your brain yeah <laughs> um one of the days and it basically it was um i liked film when i was a kid i mm. wonder is that film good like i remember it to be or is it a big pile of shite I think is that the the sort of like the premise? Yeah, pretty much. And then I started thinking, well, you know, films that I haven't seen for like over a decade. And I was thinking, well, yeah, when I was a kid. And then I realised how old we are, and a decade means we were thirty odd. <laughs> so, but no, Jet Gem. You know, we've, we've put a little list together between ourselves, and most of the ones I put on there are stuff I probably watched up to the age of mm. I don't know, ten, twelve tops, probably. I would have thought. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, so. When you obviously, you know, seriously, you did you did contact me and say, oh, you know, yeah. this is a good idea. Really like to talk about the film, and uh, it's it's been a while since I've watched it. And then, uh, you know, I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds really cool. Uh, and then the list kind of grew and grew and grew. And there's a lot of films on that list, isn't that? I mean, yeah, films it's from quite I think meaty. <laughs> it is. It's going to take us a while to get through them but i think it's one of those there's like some of the usual suspects on there but then there's some films that i think well you've never seen and there's some films that you've put down there that i've never seen mm-hmm. so it's going to be um i think we're, well we're going to alternate it and i i think we're going to stick to maybe a fortnightly show which would be quite cool yeah um and we're going to try and keep it to around the 60 minute mark but again there's no sort of like limits i'm not timing myself right now uh just so that if we can do like little and often uh yeah. it, you know, so that we can do sort of like smaller shows, but we can do them more regularly rather than like a two and a half hour show, which just wipes me out. I don't know about you, but I, I have to have a lie down after one of those. I'm, so. I'm usually a bit groggy by the end. <laughs> it's not, nothing to do with you. It's just, you know, age. I've worn you out, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sore and sweating by the end of it. Yes, I'll have to apply some some lube next time we do one, <laughs> a longer one. Uh, but no, these are going to be quickies. I like a good quickie. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I don't know if I'm talking sexual with you. It's just it's a bit wrong, really, isn't Ooh, it? Fucking works for me. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Yeah, so um, the film that you decided to uh, talk about on the very first show, we're not going to call them anything. Uh, they're just, I suppose, they're going to fall under the spotlight um, shows, which is usually just talking about a particular movie uh, on the website. So when you go to 60 minutes with uk, that's where you'll find them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, well, yeah, we also decided that we're going to do uh, video games uh, occasionally as well. So again, rather when we talk about the ABC of gaming, uh, it's usually what we've been playing, that kind of thing. We're actually just going to play one game and talk about that. So, but that'll fall under the video game sort of like banner on the website, yeah. all that kind of jazz. Anyway, so without further ado, I'll be teasing the listeners enough now. I think they already know. But what is the film that you decided that you want to revisit? Oh, it is the masterpiece that is Biggles. <gasps> or Biggles. also Biggles Adventures in Time. Yes, it seems to be depending on where it was released. Yes. Um, well, again, if you look on sort of IMDb, it's um, 
Biggles, but then if you look on other places, it does come up as Adventures in Time or whatever it was, you know. But yeah, Adventures in Time. Um, I'd never seen this, so this was new to me, which is good. Um, but this was your pick. So is there a synopsis? Have you looked, found one on uh, IMDb? If not, I've got one ready. Well, not even on. Well, I, I, at the moment, I've got a big fat picture of the video cover on my, on my screen. Okay. Uh, I could read the back of that. One of the backs. That, yeah, that would be even better because I mean, I mean, at this time from 1986 when this was released uh, in cinemas, so it would have been, you know, when it came out probably a year later or so on VHS. You know, you'd have picked up the cover because that's what you did, or picked up the box, looked at the cover, and thought, "Oh, th- this looks good." Or and then turned it over, I'd look at a few of the screenshots and like, so that would be perfect. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay, right. Uh, modern day American businessman Jim Ferguson or Alex. Actually, no, I won't put the uh, actors' names in it. We'll ignore that. We'll just read it. Okay, start again. One day American businessman Jim Ferguson is propelled into a one of a kind adventure when he is hurled through time into World War One. His mission could determine the end of the war and destroy his life as he tries to save four famed daredevil flying ace Captain James Biggles Bigglesworth with the courageous help of Colonel William Raymond played by speed screen legend Peter Cushing in the final role of his iconic career. Obviously, this one was um, this one was clearly written after the film came out because he's dead then. Okay, um, Ferguson soon finds himself uh, going back and forth between contemporary London and a world of old-fashioned spy games and breathtaking aerial battles. Mm. Mm. I think I've read a different one somewhere as well, but that one, yeah, they've uh, they've talked about Peter Cushing being dead essentially, so. Mm. Never mind. Hey, yeah. well, that would have been a bit. That'd have been a bit harsh on Mr. Cushing if that was the synopsis of on the uh, <laughs> first released. Yeah, you don't look well. You know. <laughs> <laughs> We're just thinking. Well, you haven't got. You don't look as if you've got long to go. Uh, so, but I don't think he died till 1994. So he, he lasted a good few years. Yeah, uh, but uh, after this was released, but um, but yeah, it was his final role. So it's always nice to see Peter Cushing. I like Peter yeah. Cushing. Um, obviously you remember him from Hammer Horror and all that kind yeah. of stuff um, and Top Secret have you ever seen Top Secret? I haven't you know with Val Kilmer ooh I'll add that to the list yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go um, yeah so um, as you say it's like a sort of time travel adventure um, you know, mixing World War One with well, what would have been modern day I guess or you yeah. know 1985, 86 that kind of era um, directed by John Howe uh, and um, Neil Dixon, who plays James Biggles Bigglesworth. Um, I've not really seen him in much else, to be honest with you. I can't. No, I, I'd, had, I'd had a quick look on his uh, on his wiki page. He, he's done nothing I recognise, really, to be honest. Mm. Um, Alex Hyde-White, who plays uh, Jim Ferguson. Um, Fiona Hutchinson, who plays his girlfriend, Debbie Stevens. Oh, Debs. Uh, yeah, and then Peter Cushing, as we mentioned, uh, who plays Air Commodore Colonel William Raymond. Mm. Uh, then there's a few other piece people I recognise. Um, William Hookins, who plays sort of like a he's a bit of a buffoon, really, isn't he? He works at the the, the well. What does um, Jim do? He's he's sort of like a advertising executive. I think so. Is he is he the fat fella? Yes. Ah, budget John Candy. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, he, I recognise him from Raids of the Lost Ark, where you know they're in uh, the school and they're sort of explaining about the you know the Ark of the Covenant and whatever. He's one of the 
the guys that he's explaining the story to um, Indiana Jones at the beginning kind of thing. Uh, I I reckon. Spotted, sir. There yes. you go. Uh, and then Marcus Gilbert, who plays the dastardly Eric von Stalhein. Stel, yes. Stel, 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 It sounded a bit Swedish then. He's, uh, <laughs> he's uh, sort of like uh, Biggles' nemes- nemesis, isn't he? Yeah. In my notes, I just called him Baron von Sausage. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a brilliant line, which we'll come to in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! There's some cracking. Uh, there is one cracking line which had me laughing for probably the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> Um, but anyway, yes. So, um, no, I, I think this is where I'll probably insert uh, a trailer. So, uh, here we go. You've had the correct time. It's eleven sixteen exactly. Must be a mistake. It should have happened by now. Let's move you. I'm James Bigglesworth. My friends call me Biggles. Jim Ferguson. Come on. Hey, what the hell are we doing here? What's going on? You mean that was 1917? Time travel is not unknown in history. Why me? I think Biggles is your time twin. You again? I want some answers. Quick, untie us. Get us out of here before they start realizing you're not a god, you're just an American. This is getting crazier, you know. Debbie, stay away. You gotta stay away. Come on, Ferguson. I told you I keep going back to begins one step back in time okay so there you go there was the trailer um have you did you watch the trailer at all have you seen you know what no i didn't i didn't watch the trailer i think i probably saw it when i was a wee a wee lad on something because i never saw this at the cinema Mm. so i'm assuming i must have seen a trailer at some point could have even been on something like i don't know blue peter or whacker day or something back in the day where they probably would have been doing interviews because you know biggles is british we didn't, apart from James Bond, there weren't many films based on like a called British hero, for want of a better, for want of a better phrase. So maybe I saw saw something on uh, on what program like that, which may have turned me onto it. Mm. Um, the reason why I mention it is because the line that I'm uh, we're going to talk about 
uh, later on when we get into the film. It features in the trailer. Um, so see if you can pick it out what it is that we're, we're probably having a good giggle about. Um, so from my point of view, uh, like I said, I've never watched this before. Um, I'm not quite sure why, because, I mean, at that age, I would have been, let's say, 1986. I wouldn't have been old enough. Um, I would, well, I would have been 10, wouldn't I? So, um but for some reason, it didn't really interest me uh, in the cinemas. Um, and I never watched it on VHS either. Um, I, t- I taped it. Taped it. I sound show my age now. I recorded it off uh, terrestrial TV a few years ago. And I started to watch it because uh, I thought, oh, it's one of those films that I've heard of, but I've never actually watched. And I got about 10 minutes into it. And I thought, fucking hell, this is shit. So I'm t- <laughs> I, t- I just deleted it. Now, I'm not giving away what I think that was then. Now, obviously, there's a, a the purpose to watch the film for this podcast meant that I would sit through and watch the film. But like I said, just because I thought it was shit then, I've got a motivation to watch it now. And I've actually watched the whole film. Obviously, you know, we both have. Yeah. Um, so tell us or tell me or us, the, the listener, um, what were your memories of the movie and what made you want to pick it to rewatch <sighs> it now? It's kind of tragic, really. Um this would have been uh, a rental from the local video store um, when I was young. Uh, so I would have picked it up for, we used to get films one pound for three nights. The, the shop had only had one copy and if it was out, you had to had to wait till it got loan, you know, got given back by the previous customer. There was a little loan book. You had to write your name in where you lived. So if you, if you tried to nick it, they could come around and beat shit out of you. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, so I th- yeah, it was one of them. And um Oh, because this is terrible and this is terribly sad. Anyway, um, because for for some reason, my parents didn't like me to rent a film more than once. Mm. Uh, Because if you've watched it, you've watched it. You don't need to watch it again. So this was one of the films that I had. I had a small collection of films on cassette tape uh, because at the time I had a, uh, the Walkman I had um, was weird because it had, an external speaker and a record button. Yeah. So while I was watching it for the first time, this amongst other films, I'd sometimes set my Walkman up next to the telly, press record and record like an audio version that I could listen to again. So it was like I could watch the film again, even though I couldn't. Oh, no way. So, That's amazing. So, That's amazing. <laughs> so I, I had this, uh, I remember this, Ghostbusters, uh, I think I had Conan the Barbarian and Gremlins on cassette tape. Uh, occasionally they were ruined, like in Ghostbusters, um, during the scene where they go and they're, they first battle Slimer. It's slightly ruined by my mum starting to hoover in the living room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I had this sad little collection of cassette tapes of films that I rented that I could listen to if I wanted to again. <laughs> so, that's amazing. Mm, no, and that's that is, kind of like an audio book, isn't it? Yeah. It's, well, yeah. yeah. I was way ahead of the, or it's audio piracy, whichever way you want to look at it. Wow. <laughs> but um, the memories of the film itself, there's one scene that I've always remembered, but I, I won't say about that yet because we'll get to that. Um, but it was the one that, you know, as a, as a small lad, yeah, one thing stuck out as, as quite cool. Um, and I almost had a fucking uh, hernia last night when I watched this because I thought they'd cut it out, but then, Lo and behold, 20 seconds later, yay, that's that's the scene I remember. Uh, but apart from that, I couldn't remember hardly anything about it, to be fair. Mm. I knew I knew about the time travel time travel element, but that was about it. 
So, mm. Mm. so I was interested in watching this again to see what the hell it was like. Ah, awesome. I, I um. I do remember it being advertised at the time in the comics that I would have been reading. Um, I'm trying to think what that was, probably the Beano, uh, Eagle. Um, I don't know if you, do you remember Eagle? Uh, did you yeah. read that one? Um, that was a weird comic because it had sort of like comic, like, you know, comic, traditional comic sort of like uh, cartoons and drawings, that kind of thing. But then they'd have like ones where they'd have pictures uh like it's, they've taken photographs and used still photographs of people and then put speech bubbles above their heads <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that it's so bizarre thinking about it now a bit like sort of you know um what's it called dear deirdre yeah <laughs> <laughs> in the newspapers now for people who don't know what i'm talking about um you know dear deirdre in the sun you know uh the paper that we've got people probably know that from abroad because it used to have page three which was topless models basically in the, in the newspaper that you could buy uh they don't do it anymore unfortunately no. um but uh yeah so dear deirdre is like you know kind of uh people can send in their stories and stuff like that and then they put pictures of still p- photographs of people and uh, and then little speech bubbles and stuff above them it's like oh he shagged your your brother last night or this that and like, oh I, I fancy my mom what am i gonna do <laughs> stuff like that anyway uh, i try uh, i transgress transgress is that the word um, digress digress that's the one i'm looking for um so yeah first time watch for me but i do remember it being advertised and i do remember just the thought of it there's something about because I, I knew that there was a sound weapon that the germans were sort of like making and that was the you know the sort of like part of the story that biggles was trying to stop this weapon that was going to destroy the enemy and you know melt their faces and you know <laughs> turn everything brittle you know like tanks or whatever yeah. um but, and i seem to remember that because I hadn't seen it, but there was like a cartoon sort of version of, of a s- selection of scenes from the film. And there was something in there about that, which scared me, which I, I'm, I've been trying to find, but I can't find it anywhere. So I'm not sure what comic it, it featured in. So you mean, you don't mean like cartoon is in cartoon, you mean like a uh, comic panels, something like that. Yeah. You know what? I think, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're definitely right. And I, and I'm pretty sure m- that might have something to do with me watching the film as well. That yeah. that is ringing many a bell. So yes, I'm glad that's not just me then. Anyway, so um, rather than we're not going to do. By the way, I should say um, we're not going to do like an epic kind of Clint cast on the movie. Um, I've made a few bullet points, um, but again, wanted to keep the the running time reasonable. And we, I think mainly we wanted to talk about our sort of um, thoughts and memories and things like that of, of the films, and then do they match up with um actually watching it today and everything so i've made a few bullet points you've made a few bullet points about you know things that we liked things that we didn't like um so but yeah i just kind of just did a running random commentary on stuff as as i was watching it (laughs) well that being said then do you want to kick us off then about sort of some take us through the film and or take us through some of the the bits that you know stood out for you well it, it, it certainly starts with a 1980s song oh god that plays yes a number of times, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, it's a very, got a very limited soundtrack. This uh, this film there's about three bits of music, and I think there's apart from the credits, I think they use a Queen song, don't they, for about ten seconds? Maybe just enough not to have to pay royalties or something. But um, yeah, yeah, that that theme song and the lightning and the uh, the neon writing, uh, yeah, you know, you're in the eighties, most yeah. definitely. They get their money's worth out of that, I think, don't they? Um, oh, definitely. 
<laughs> I, th- I counted. I think I counted it. It plays at least four times. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then there's another song that plays sort of like more towards the end, which uh, was bizarre to say. That I was yes. listening to the lyrics. What the fucking hell was that about? <laughs> yeah. Just a really random, weird kind of song that would play. It's fucking shit. To be <laughs> it is. <laughs> but it would just play like um during some of the action scenes or what when they're flying the helicopter at the end and yeah. um, where you'd think the main theme was in there but no it's like oh fuck it we'll just bring in this random piece of music with random lyrics and we'll play that instead mm, yeah so uh I, I must admit that was one of the notes that i made that the the soundtrack dates it badly i think mm. it's fair to say um i mean you know uh, I will be putting the song that plays a number of times at the end of the this show, just so people can hear it. And you know, because I'll do that with every movie that we um, that we talk about. You know, I'll put some piece of music that sort of relates back to it, um, so people can understand what we're talking about. But that itself, I didn't think was too bad. But by the third or fourth time, I'm thinking, fuck, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, do, but the, do you want to be a hero? Yes, yeah. um, but the 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 score itself just sounded very um, basic. I think it's fair. Yeah, to say. basic, quite sparse, and you know, altogether again, very nineteen eighties. It wasn't. It's not a. It's not a score written to to match the, uh, the time period that some of the film is set in. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, yeah. There's no. There's no nineteen. 19- 18 style music or orchestral stuff is a lot of a lot of synth and plinkety plonkety stuff that I'm not entirely sure what it is <laughs> if I'm honest yeah um uh, the the uh music by Stanislas <laughs> oh good old Stanislas that, that's what he popped up with uh, yeah. um he is uh Russian um let, let's just see what else he's worked on um Stalin um <laughs> Extreme Ops, the Mystery of Suspense, um, yeah. So he's worked on a, a, some random stuff, yeah. But uh, yeah, there you go. Anyway, but enough of that. I mean, like I said, that was one of the things that stood out for me as well. So yeah, uh, yeah. What else you got? Um, the other thing that confused me: our main character, uh, who's American and not Biggles, even though the film's called Biggles, um, is James Ferguson. Uh, at the start, it confused me a little because he obviously, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, all 80s films, Americans live in gigantic flats in, in the middle of New York, which would cost a huge amount of money. And then it, when it said, oh, he's the president of celebrity dinners. Yeah. And I thought that was going to be like what he arranges people to have dinner with celebrities. But no, he it's an unlaunched range of microwave meals that have got celebrities names on the packet. <laughs> although yeah. they, oh no, but although although they didn't, there was a few cardboard cutouts of Arnie floating around and a poster of Clint in the background. But y- yeah, I thought how at first I thought he was probably an architect because everyone in the 1980s was an architect, which is why they lived in giant flats in the 1980s in the middle of New York. But he's the president of a seems to be the president of a company that hasn't launched a product yet, and the product is terrible. Mm. Yeah, uh, like you said, microwave kind of meals um, uh, and. Yeah, that was a bit strange. Um, I, but, I, you know, I didn't really pay much attention to that. The one thing about him I found was, and I'm probably summarising a bit too soon now, but I, it was just, I found him quite bland and um, he didn't, 
he seemed to take everything in his stride because like at the start of the movie peter cushion turns up at his door and yeah. says um has it happened yet you know and he's like what and you know has it happened and he's like okay you're a bit crazy thanks a lot bye bye the next thing you know he's zapped back into the past uh it from his like kind of apartment and he meets biggles who's just crashed his plane and he saves yeah, biggles I, i've got to say you know we'll get onto some of the the aerial stunts and whatnot in the film but but uh when he first meets biggles that's the most uninspiring plane crash i've ever seen it just kind of flops over just flops yeah yeah <laughs> It's not the, not the greatest stunt. It's like plop. Flood. Yeah, it was almost like he was on um, like wires kind of thing. It was just yeah. going. You could tell it was going very very slowly, and then just <laughs> yeah. plop. Because um, like when he said um, later on, he says, "Oh, did you save his life?" And it's like, hang on, he he barely crashed the fuck out. I could I could yeah. fall over faster. Yeah, you know. But he um, didn't need anything. To do. He could have just crawled out, walked yeah. away, and gone. Oh, tally here. That was a bit unfortunate. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, and he, he seems to take everything in his stride. Like he's very laid back, isn't he? But yeah, I, I don't know. There's just something about probably the way he played it. It was just almost um, he didn't seem very engaged with the whole thing or bothered or, or maybe it was, I don't know. Maybe that was just what he was going for. Uh, yeah, it's like. Even when he was, he didn't understand it. He wasn't panicking, was he? And then once he got told what was going on, it was like, all right, okay, yeah, yeah. And then he yeah. just tur- just turned up in random places in 1918, and yeah, he said just sort of waltzed through it and wasn't bothered at some point. You know, he went from celebrity dinner person to someone who just starts to run around killing Germans. It didn't bother him at all. Yeah, and it, it, as I'm saying, he's like he, you know, he. Got, he could fire machine guns with no problem at all. Yeah. He was quite happy to have punch-ups with German soldiers. And, um, you know, uh, and I'm probably I'm comparing it to another movie from that era. But, like, um, what's it called? Um, Big Trouble in Little China. Jack, <laughs> I thought you were going to go there. <laughs> yeah. Big, You know, Jack Burton. Jack, yeah. He could have played it like uh, Kurt Russell. I mean, you know, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell at the end of the day. So, uh, But, you know, he could have played it in, I mean, I think they're from exactly the same year, 1986. Um, could have played it like that. Like he thinks he's the hero. He thinks it, like he's kind of well, Jack Burton does, where he's actually he's just a buffoon. But he kind of switched it on its head a little bit, you know. And but they just seem to just be, go along with everything and yeah. not be that bothered. Do you know what I mean? It's like even when there's a corpse that falls out of a wall on top of his girlfriend, <laughs> and he's like, just he picks it up off her, and he's yeah. not bothered whatsoever, is he? You know, yeah. he just doesn't say anything. Well, What's the rest of his normal life like if he if he can just take all that in his stride? Yeah, well, that's the thing. So the first time he zaps um, into the past and then he gets back and he's kind of, again, not that phased by it. And then the next day he's, he's off to work and he, he what he hears is he thinks he's machine gun fire, but it's actually like a pneumatic drill. Yeah. Uh, and he, do, you know, he dives onto the yeah. floor and everything. Bit, bit PTSD. And you think yeah. oh, he's been affected here, but no, 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 no. That's it. that's it he's more bothered well say more bothered um again he's just he doesn't seem that stressed or bothered but he's more bothered about his um unveiling of his his microwave dinners to this <laughs> snooty critic you know um so yeah that was uh, that was sort of like my general thoughts about him as such mm. um I like Biggles though. I, I liked. I quite liked him. Um, yeah, very British, isn't he? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he does a decent job, I think, of sort of like trying to bring the character to life and everything else. Yeah. Um, 
And it, but again, though, it's sort of like I think there's a there would have been a bit of a missed opportunity there because that they could have played off each other a bit more. But yeah. They they didn't have a lot of chemistry with each other. Yeah, because yeah, he like yeah. Uh, James Ferguson wasn't really that bothered when he went to 1917. But the weird thing was Biggles wasn't overly surprised when he just turned up at random. Yeah. Like he, even when they actually, were, you know, they turn up in a trench when uh, later on in the film, when is when uh, Debbie goes back as well, he just goes, oh, this is no place for a young lady. But he's not concerned <laughs> with the fact that there's a woman there in a mink coat who just appeared in a trench. And this seems to be before he really knows about the 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 time twin thing that we'll get into. I think that's before he realised what it was. But yeah, suddenly this bloke who he'd met a couple of times before who keeps disappearing pops up in a trench with a woman in futuristic animal clothing. And yeah, he's just like, hey, you shouldn't, this isn't the right place for you. Come, but come on, tally-ho, off we go. <laughs> yeah. And um, this is a question that Kay sort of like, as we watched it together, believe it or not, uh, she, she stayed awake and watched it with me. Um, but she raised a point, which I couldn't quite get my head around because it was about half 12 uh, this morning when we finished watching it. And um, she said, if Peter Cushing's character is in modern day real life with James Ferguson, the, you know, the American guy. Yeah. And then, so he knew Biggles when he was like, his commanding officer in the past. So how, so he's aged normally as you, as he would. Yeah. But then he seems to know things that like, how does, how does it link back to him in the past? How does he know what what Biggles has done? Does he did he know that James Ferguson went back to the past? That was yeah. This was my problem. I mean, I mean, probably explain straight away that the reason they keep flashing backwards and forwards is apparently they are time twins, mm. um, which is a concept that makes no sense. But it's the nineteen eighties and. It's an innocent time when you don't have to explain these weird scientific thingy bobs that are going on. So you just take it, your time twins. When one of you is in danger, the other one pops over and tries to save your life. Yeah, that's that's you know that's that's as far as it goes. So you don't need much of an explanation. But you, yeah, that's what I didn't get about was how the fuck the timeline worked in this because Peter Cushing hands James Ferguson the business card that he gave Biggles in 1918. Yeah. So, which means that the events that he's going back to help have already happened. But Peter Cushing's character seemed to know certain things, but didn't know anything like about this German superweapon or if Biggle. He asked him, did he get out? Well, you must know that he got out because you got the card that he gave him after he got him out. Mm. So, yeah, it's like I didn't get if this was splitting a timeline or sharing one or just saying, eh. Fuck it. He just he knows of Biggles, but he knows of Biggles. He knows that James exists back then, but for the purpose of film, he'll forget everything about James. Mm. So, yeah, it kind of makes no sense time-wise. Yeah, but, it uh, does seem to bounce around quite a lot, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So, but, um, yeah, th- there's um, there is some funny moments in the movie, um, you know, which I, I did chuckle about. Um, uh, like, for example... Um, Peter Cushing gives um, James a load of weaponry and stuff like that. It gives him not just a fuck, like an old fashioned, <laughs> but he gives him right, uh, like a, he, we find he gives him like a case, you know, or like a, a bag full of stuff. And he says, you'll need this the next time that Biggles, you know, you, you join Biggles, which is fine. So he, he, 
you find out what he's actually given him because a cleaner walks in on him. He's he must have fallen asleep, sat down waiting all night for Biggles to appear or for him to go through this time loop. Yeah, there was a lightning storm, wasn't it? Because every time there's lightning, that that means lightning equals time travel. Yes, and uh, so he is sat waiting for this to happen wearing a uniform like a, a an army uniform and he's got a rifle but just before he does that he opens a bag and there's like a fucking uzi or something in there yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like hang on where's he getting all this stuff from um but, but that's the thing again he apparently he doesn't he doesn't really know him doesn't know what he's going to do but he's got a great big bag of stuff that he knows i don't know bizarre mm. i was also thinking sorry the cleaner i was thinking oh fucking cleaner yeah they never knock but then she actually walked in the door was open so it's like he left the door open anyway she didn't open the door with a hoover she just waltzed in through the already open door and i thought well you're an idiot you sat there with a gun in a world war one costume you've left the fucking door wide open yeah uh, and also then she just finds it hilarious because you can hear her kind <laughs> yeah. of like laughing um Instead of thinking, shit, I better phone the police. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's holding a rifle. Um, But then, so, and I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place here, but I'm kind of like the film in as much as that. So um, his girlfriend, um, she um, goes, so he travels to London at a a minute's notice, essentially. A minute's notice to Peter Cushing's house, which is in London, is in fucking Tower Bridge. Yeah. Um, and he uh, goes to London and then his girlfriend and the, the other guy that we mentioned. Um, Budget John Candy, yeah. Budget John Candy. He goes as well for some reason. Um, and he's kind of like, he's he's trying to stitch up um, J- uh, Jim or James uh, Ferguson, isn't he? He's try- yeah. he try- first of all, like, you know, he, I say he, tr- he tries to sabotage his business. I don't know why he'd do that, because apparently it turns out that he's um, related to the person who invested in the company. So why try and stitch him up? Because essentially he'd be losing his own money is yeah. another, another question. But anyway, um, but then he um, he goes to London and he phones up. Um, is it the police or I mean, is it? Yeah, he grasses on him straight away. This is this is. Yeah, that's after the second. That's when he comes back dressed as a nun, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So just before that, there's there's a funny scene where he goes back and he's in a is it a nunnery? Is that the word? You... Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, in 1917, and obviously, you know, he's just got out the shower, so he's just got the tiniest towel wrapped around him that barely covers his, you know, his waist or his knob. Um, I swear, I saw his bollocks when he was lying down. <laughs> I did. I, I looked and I thought, "Fucking hell!" If I can, I'm sure I could see his testicles hanging because he, he appears lying down on a table. Uh, you know, it's like one of yeah, like like one of those weird sort of like Japanese restaurants where they eat food off a woman. He's did sort of like. Did you not notice he landed on that table which was cross shaped, wearing a towel in the crucifix position, and um, behind him on the wall was Jesus on a crucifix wearing no. a towel. That's yes. amazing. Oh my god, I didn't have, I didn't actually notice that. Bloody hell! Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm sh- I'm sure he got his. I don't think he got any pants on anyway. Um, but yeah, hey, there's a lot of wet nuns in that room. <laughs> um, so then, like, he gets into a gunfight with the, the Germans, and he saves Biggles as he does a fair bit, and then um, 
he, he, he appears back in London in 1985 or 1986, and he's firing at the police. Uh, <laughs> it takes him a, a few seconds too many for my liking to stop firing that machine gun at the police. Yeah. Um, but the thing, this is the thing, see, one of the things that I noticed was, so his mate, Budget John Candy, phones somebody and says, He's got a gun, you know, or no, does he? Yeah, he does. He he phones and says he's got a gun and he's dangerous and whatever. So the next thing you know is that the sort of like the police or whatever turn up. They arrest Budget John Candy for some some reason. I don't know if they think he's like the crank caller, but how would they know that he's made the call unless some anyway? I'm probably thinking too much about this. But then I noticed that when uh, Jim starts firing at the police, the doorman starts chasing him, holding a gun. <laughs> I didn't notice that bit. It's like thinking, okay, I can understand the police and you know ch- chasing him, holding guns and stuff like that. But this doorman, he's there. He's got, he's chasing him with a pistol in his hand, thinking, bloody hell, he's taking his job seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, go on. Uh, what what else have you got then? I was gonna, I was gonna say when. Um... Oh, I've, we'll go back uh, the second time. To- the second time he goes back, um, which is uh, uh, during the launch of the celebrity dinners thing, he pops up in Biggles' plane, and that's when he um, that's when he, f- he has his first sort of uh, dog fight. Well, without fight, well, no, slightly fighting with um, Baron von Sausage, whatever his name is. Uh-huh. Um, the, um, the I quite like the. I thought some of the uh, the aerial footage was was pretty good. Yeah, no, I agree. I did. I, mean, I thought that. I thought that was good. Yeah, some of that's pretty damn low to the ground, and, mm. and you know, I f- I'm sure it looks it looks real enough when they're flying through the forest. That, yeah. That. So yeah. fair play to them. There's there's some good aerial stuntage. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, that was one of the highlights of the film. It was the, the sort of like the um, you know, that like you said, the, the the aerial sort of like um combat and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think you got a real good perspective of it so when it was just over the pilot's shoulder yeah. um and there was no obviously there's no cg or that kind of stuff it was pe- people actually flying the plane so yeah that was that was really well done um so yeah i'm, I'm totally with you on that and then some of the stuff as well when they were pl- um biggles uh, somehow can uh when he, he jumps into the future or the present uh he can pilot a helicopter um yes. you know just because he can he's an ace you know f- pilot he can pilot anything anything. um but that was quite good as well because you can it was the way it was done was kind of like it was very jittery the the best way i can describe it the way it was being piloted not like it was you could you can always believe it was being done by a you know an amateur or somebody who didn't exactly know what they were doing and kind of was flying by the seat of their pants so to speak um but no that was all good that was that was very good um Everything I mentioned uh, if we go back to the nunnery um when he was dressed as a nun um, when Biggles and his he's got three friends, hasn't he? Uh, Ginger, Ginger, Algy, and um, Bertie. Bertie, yeah. And I was wondering halfway, you know, because like Ginger has a bit of script. Al, um, Bertie has quite a lot of script. Algy didn't say a fucking word for about three quarters of the film, and I thought, <laughs> why have they not given him any script? Is he, is he just shit? But he, he does say something. But um, when they get captured, when Biggles first meets. Baron von Sausage, whatever his face is, um, they're meeting the first, I think it's about the first seven or eight lines they swap, 
is identical to when Flashheart meets uh, Rick Toven in Blackadder Goes Forth. Yeah, no, that's it's exactly what I thought as well. Fucking identical. I, I did watch that back and go, it's the same fucking line. Obviously, then the Blackadder one goes into more joke territory, but I thought, they've copied the Biggles scene. How bizarre. <laughs> Ban of Honour. Mm, very strange. Um, oh, another little thing. Did you notice... Almost everyone in this film's got blue eyes. No, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, very weird. Becca pointed that out. She goes, why has everyone got blue eyes? And I looked at everyone and thought, you're fucking right. There's all these dark-haired people. They've all got blue eyes. Where'd they find them? That's weird. Mm. Ah, yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, that was cool. I, I mean, like I said, I, I didn't really notice that so much. I mean, the thing about the bad guy was um, I think they needed more than one bad guy. It would have yeah. worked better if they'd have had, like... Um, say like in um, usually say uh, you know Indiana Jones movies uh, there's usually like a henchman kind of guy then there's a a main bad guy well so the pilot the Baron Von Sausage um, he could have been sort of like Biggles nemesis which would have been fine but then they needed somebody to kind of explain about the weapon, you know, the, the the secret weapon that the Germans were building. Somebody, you know, like in charge of yeah. everything, you know, and he a was scientist the, or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. that would have made it a bit more meaty, I think. And somebody, you know, uh, who could have done that, it would have just because it, he didn't, he wasn't very threatening, and he didn't have a lot to do, did he? He was just. No. He, I mean, he was he was a fucking wizard because he was always everywhere where they needed someone to be the bad guy. Mm. And yeah. also, he's like a fucking bloodhound because regardless of where they went up in the air in a plane, he was there five seconds later Yeah, you know, on their tail. And I was thinking, hold on, if you're always five seconds away, you must see them land. You must know where they are. Just go and blow them up. But as soon as they get in the air, it's like, dun, 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 here's Baron Von Sausage. He's already on your tail. <laughs> Honestly, the man was telepathic. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, so that was one of the other observations I sort of came away with. But uh, And then um, the other one was, um, so um, Biggles' girlfriend, uh, Marie, uh, who is played by an actress called Fran- Francesca Gonshaw, I thought I'm sure I recognise her. Uh, did you ever used to watch Allo Allo? Um, I've seen. I, I never watched it religiously, but uh, I, I, I'm aware of it. And I was uh, also thinking that um, Bertie looked a bit like Rene. Yes. Well, mm. any, so um, Allo Allo, for people who don't know, was um, a British sitcom set in World War Two um, and it, it occupied France. And uh, you know, it, it ran from 1982 to 1987. Um, and then they, it was kind of like it was very stereotypical of the time, you know, um, and then one of the women that worked for Rene was um, Marie, his girlfriend. And I think she was called Maria in that as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Sh- yeah. 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 And again, it's sort of like, you know, they, they usually wear stockings and suspenders and all that kind of thing. It's very bawdy, I think. I mean, for, it was on at a tea time, so it wasn't like carry on particularly. But the, the, everybody wanted to shag Rene for some reason, which I could never understand because... Yeah. He wasn't the nicest looking bloke in the world, but they all wanted a bit of his Baguette. sausage. Yeah. <laughs> his baguette. Yeah. Um, 
so uh, yes, what, where else? What else have you got? What else did you well, write down? Well, we've got the uh, we've got the main after the adventures. Um, in the in uh, sorry, I'll, I'll mention the uh, when they turn up in a trench again. I thought the the trench scene with all the explosions and that going off that was that was well done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's quite a bit of money. All real explosions, all going off. It was quite uh, that was quite good. Mm. Then we had that bit in the ca- uh, cave where you mentioned the the corpse falls out of the wall. Randomly, uh, half proper Indiana Jones sort of moth and corpse, isn't it? Just falls out the wall. Yeah. It? Then they yeah. start slaying some Germans and they come out into a nuked town um, or a town that looks like it's been nuked. And uh, it's yeah, the whole piece with the weapon test. Mm. So this is where the Germans conduct the uh, testing for this, this you know, mega sonic weapon that they've got. Um, there's a weird... Uh, bunker there that's covered in ceramic tiles as uh, James points out that will resist a lot of heat uh, and they think oh the alarm goes off like there's going to be something happening like a test happening so they try and get in the bunker and wouldn't you know it there's a pesky German with a gun in there so he uh, sort of stops them entering the bunker more Germans turn up um, and they decide to tie Biggles and everyone apart from Debbie uh, to some stakes in place of uh, dummies so they can uh, see the effects of the test on, on human beings, I would imagine. Mm. But uh, Debbie's got mace in her pocket because, you know, that's she's, what, she's an American woman in the 80s. They all had mates. In New York, yeah. Yeah. So she sprays a German in the face, grabs a gun. Everyone breaks free. There's a bit of a fisty fight. And uh, it ends up with Biggles and co. inside the bunker, all the Germans outside. Uh, the weapons test happens and they all get boiled to fucking smithereens, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah the after they come out of the bunker and everyone's looking a bit shocked at what this weapon's done because they go to roll over a corpse and its arm comes off in their in their hand uh and it turns out that it's it's superheated everything so it turns brittle uh james is grabbing uh cannon barrels and stuff crushing them in his hands and it was like mm. oh it's quite a nasty weapon and then yeah i thought they'd cut this bit first but then it happened 10 seconds later and uh, Debbie's already been shocked and screamed because an arm came off in someone's hand. Um, so she thinks it's a good idea to go down and prod a German's face. Then uh, mm. you're left with a nice shot of a, of a face with bits of it missing as she pulls her hand out of the bloody soup inside the skull with an eyeball in her hand. Yeah, and because I, I, I mean, you'd mentioned this to me um, on WhatsApp, and I thought, I wonder if it has been cut because um, it looks cut if that makes sense like the bit where yeah. they roll because i watched this on uh, amazon uh, and i rented it because like, you can't get it anywhere i mean i, I looked uh, on you know netflix um amazon like for free or whatever um it's i think it's rarely on tv as well these days i mean i had a quick look to see what if you could watch it because um, I, I recorded it off somewhere but apparently i think it's it's on movies for men um, which the f- move the four bit is actually the number four, uh, which I think tells you something about that <laughs> TV station. Um, followed by Emmanuel Four. Yes, uh, or the Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> um, so you know you gotta be a real man to watch Biggles. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking, oh, I wonder if it is like cut or uncut. But then it happens, and I thought, fucking hell, this is a bit full on for um, you know, sort of um. It was PG, I think, wasn't it? PG, yeah. But then yeah. saying that, I think if you think about like um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that would have been a PG as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's pretty full on. I mean, you get like, you know, a, 
a bloke with uh, spikes through his face and then obviously the famous melting scene at the end and you know somebody going face first into a propeller and all that kind of stuff I just think it's because I mean I suppose predominantly this is like a film for kids and you wouldn't get someone dragging a sloppy eyeball out of head soup in a kids film anymore yeah no it did kind of remind me like you know things like um you know video nasties from from that era you know something that you'd see in something like that do you know what i mean um but i mean there wasn't much like there were people getting shot and stuff but i mean yeah you know, there's no blood or anything was there you know, yeah yeah plenty of good old-fashioned murder just not bloody murder yeah that's it but yeah that's- I- yeah, I think you're right. It's when she screams, when they pull the arm off, I thought that was when the, the eyeball was supposed to happen. So I just put, it's been cut. And then I just put, oh, no, it hasn't. German eyeball, three exclamation marks. So. <laughs> um, but again, it's like Biggles is saying throughout, you know, you know, he needs to take photographs, aerial photographs of this weapon. They've tried to use the weapon against him which has caused him to crash in the past um and um the baron von, von sausage he sort of like fires like a, a flare gun whenever yeah. he wants it to be fired um how they'd know where which direction it to to fire and how it wouldn't affect the baron because they're yeah. they're in the same airspace and all like that and the other so um but it just needed a bit more explanation i think it just like it was just a just seemed to be thrown in do you know what i mean yeah um and again because you hadn't actually seen oh, yeah okay you'd seen it tested and then used on the germans and stuff like that but again if you'd seen it used on allied soldiers or like you know them actually wheeling it out over the trenches and yeah. using it on the you know the the british uh it's more of a threat then isn't yeah, it? yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah i mean at the end of the day this thing's in a it, well they say it's well camouflaged and then when you see it it's like a fucking 75 foot giant radar dish standing out on a flat bit of land yeah not that fucking uh camouflaged if i'm honest i yeah. think i'd spot it and yeah if 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 all they're doing is constantly testing it yeah it, it should have been they they found where it was tested and it was moving towards the trenches so there's there's a threat yeah you know, there's a threat approaching but eh, not so much we see what it can do but no one we care about is in danger particularly not really no it just kills a load of germans but and also um i think it would have been a, a bit more i'm um, far a bit for me to criticize people who've made an actual film i what <laughs> have i done with my life um but you know it would have been sort of more of an interesting idea for let's say for example i mean i've talked about if there was two baddies let's say for example that um the german sausage pilot had a time twin as well from the future who was a bad guy but yeah, then I like it was sort of like you know going back and and sending stuff back for the germans to use i mean you know if you've seen time cop and stuff like that i guess you know any time travel movie it's it's been done to death these days isn't it but um but yes yeah, sending people back to the the past to yeah, affect the future why is it only biggles who's got a time twin i mean i know Earlier on in the film, I mean, uh, Peter Cushing's character says, oh, there's plenty of evidence that time travel is quite common. Is there? All right, show me some, because that's just, you've dropped that bombshell out of nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) No. No, that that doesn't get explained very well. Um, So where do they go after that demonstration then? I forgot. No, do do they go back to the, that's, yeah, so that's the bit where, um, Biggles then goes to the future, isn't it? And yes, saves. It is. Yeah. I, yeah, I quite like that. I mean, because like he's a bit more, he plays his part a bit more with a bit more shock and surprise because he sees yeah. a lot of 
punks, like people dressed like in punk, you know, outfits and stuff like that, you know, with multicolored hair and spiky hair and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, and he's like, what the bloody hell's this, you know? And then that's how you know he's a survivor because they're at the time they're trying to get past the police. Biggles is shocked by the punks, but then straight away thinks they'd be useful then. So then they, you know, hide amongst them, don't they? And they just walk past the police because. Biggles dressed in his flight gear with his flappy scarf and big leather coat doesn't seem out of place when you're next to a bunch of people with pink hair and uh, weird clothes. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, clever. And then you get the you get the emotional reunion with uh, with his old pal uh, old pal Bill. I'll call him William. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, why I've in my notes it's it's Bill Fergie and Biggles. <laughs> i like it yeah well that's yeah. it the thing is you could have called him fergie like because that's kind of like you know you've got algae bertie ginger uh you could have fergie as well that yeah. could have been um but yeah um uh, and then it, like so he saves um jim and then they're running from rooftop to rooftop and um they but there's some of the stunts in it are quite like he's ju- they're jumping from what looks like a big leap from one rooftop to another rooftop yeah. um that'll look quite good um proper stunts man proper stunts none of this computer stuff or or wires no just cheap people hurling themselves up off uh roofs if they die if they die they die yeah but what i was one of the things i was always going to say about it was um apparently this i mean compared to the time i didn't do anything for inflation or whatever um but i think it was about seven million pounds um or it could be dollars whatever but so that doesn't sound like a lot there's nothing these days is it really um but in some places i think it looked really good like you said the trench stuff looked quite good didn't it yeah. um obviously they use the location london quite a lot um yeah. you know so um they they put their money into the set piece didn't they into into the flying stunts um obviously it would have cost a bit to fly around a helicopter in london the trenches i think for the most part they spent their money wisely and knew where they needed to put it to to make it more effective yeah um so uh, yeah i mean in some ways it looked cheap or there was (laughs) some elements of it that looked cheapish but then other elements of it looked quite good so you know um so yeah um yeah, I mean, from my point of view, I've run, my notes have gone now. I, I mean, I've got a couple more. I mean, there's one. You've lot. missed the whole, the, the ending. I mean, Biggles, Biggles gets in the helicopter, learns how to fly it pretty damn quickly. Yeah. And then, would you believe it, zappity zap, they're back in World War One again, but this time with a helicopter. Yes. And Which, and all the, the soldiers are baffled and yeah. don't know what's going on and everything else. And, I mean, uh, and also there's no written records of this helicopter existing in World War One. No, obviously, everyone in those trenches, regardless of they go, what the fuck's that thing in the sky? And then realising it's Biggles and cheering. They must have all just been slaughtered. Yes. It's a sad ending for them, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. You, you think so, there would have been some record of it somewhere? Um, of, 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 and. I don't remember. Oh, it gets blown up, doesn't it? Yeah, I was going to say that's yeah. the yeah. It's um the um the Baron uh, dude. They they seem I mean, to reuse a lot. Of... So they turn up in the helicopter and they have a little bit of a fly around, and then five seconds later, as if by fucking magic, the telepath Baron von Sausage is there again in his plane, just happened to be cruising around the area, and then oh fuck, look, there's a the thing I don't understand, I don't recognise. Oh, it's Biggles. I'll go after him. Mm. So they have another little, uh, they have another little 
kind of aerial thing. Um, Dog fight. The, the, yeah, the helicopter wins because of its manoeuvrability. Plays chicken with a fucking train and then lands on the train as well to yeah. hide from Mr. Sausage, which is quite impressive. Yeah. Um, and then they're off to, to blow up the weapon in a really, really weird, trippy scene, which must have been fucking horrendous in the cinema. I was going to say, uh, it I kind of felt like I was going to have an epileptic fit while I was watching <laughs> yeah. it. Um, and so did Kay, because it's like... And did you notice as well that whenever the weapon fires, they use that kind of stock sound effect that would have been in all the Superman movies? I was going to say, I've written down, it's the sound effect from Superman 3 when he's trapped uh, with that big computer thing underground where they fire uh, they fire the kryptonite ray at him at the, after he's been in a plastic balloon or something. It's that sound yeah it's or that sound effect it is and it's been in, i think it was been in some of the um, roger moore bond movies that yeah. Quite, you know, um so yeah it, it, so they way the way that they sort of like d- decide i mean why don't they just fucking blow it up because that's the thing i don't he, he goes to one of his pals algae or bertie or one of the fuckers and says we need load of bombs we need machine guns and this that, and, you know, i thought they were going to kit the the, the <laughs> helicopter off. Yeah. i thought they were going to you know they're going to go in and fly over the trenches and drop bombs on the, the enemies and shoot them all up and everything else um but they don't and they decide to because he's got a big fucking ball type speaker on it speaker. at first i thought it was like a rocket launcher or something and i wrote oh it's just oh, it's a speaker oh, yeah megaphone i've never seen anything like that on a helicopter before i must admit no. um and so they they decide because it, it's that right they're going to use sound against sound oh. and they get the um the the big speaker on the side and then they put the microphone next to it and yeah. then they just basically turn the audio weapon against itself yeah, by like a big feedback loop reflecting yeah the, you know deflecting away the sound waves back on itself and the screen flashes to fuck i mean <laughs> yeah he got like about a minute's worth of just really really loud high-pitched sounds and a strobe light <laughs> yeah fucking torture i felt like i was in a clockwork orange or something yeah. like that it's a bit like what's going on um uh, and it's yeah it's like there's that episode of The Simpsons where they go to Japan and they start watching sort of like Japanese cartoons and they all start having seizures. <laughs> um, oh, there, there was no epilepsy warning in those days either. This film probably killed quite a few people. Yeah. Um, so then they blow it up and then they go back to the um, the church or the yeah. nunner, the, the nun convent. Is that convent it? nunnery? Yes. <laughs> nunnery. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a nunnery? Is there such a thing as a nunnery? I'm going to type that into Google now. There's a, there's uh, a place where I used to live called the Nunnery Pit, but that was a fishing lake. Nunnery. Ah, there is a nunnery, yeah. There was an, yeah, I'm sure there's a nunnery. Is there a difference between nunnery and convent? Technically, a monastery or nunnery is a community of monastics um, where a friary or convent is a community of fuck me, uh, mendicants. Mendicants. Uh, Many cans and a canon canonry, uh, a community of canons regularly in it. Oh God, that's like bollocks. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah okay. a nunnery then. <laughs> a nunnery, yes. A nunnery is a place of residence for nuns. A convent 
while convent is a religious community who, whose members, especially nuns, live under strict obs- observation of religious rules and self self imposed vows. Okay, fair enough, right? Okay, but anyway, so there is such a thing as a nunnery. Yeah, I'm, I'm slack nuns. I'm not a fucking idiot or a complete idiot. Anyway, um, so yes, they go back there. They like I said, they reuse quite a lot the same locations, don't they? Um, yeah, not uh, so because they they're in this nunnery quite a lot, um, and then. Um, Baron von Sausage rocks up again, and he, what you think, he kills Maria, yeah. and then Biggles goes full on, you know, Rambo, and he starts flows the helicopter up as well. So yeah, sausages on the there's a sausage rampage going on. Yes, is this the um the fight the line that we were talking about, or is this before then? I think that's before. Are you talking about it? Goes he's a sausage guzzler. Yes. So he, <laughs> Biggles. <laughs> <laughs> Biggles goes to Jim. I think it is when they get in the helicopter and they're about to have their, their second dog fight. He goes, let's show the sausage guzzler what this thing can do. Which is <laughs> <laughs> quality. Just going back again. I'm, uh, it's like when he meets um, Baron Von Sausage uh, for the first time and they're like, he offers him some champagne and all this yeah. kind of stuff. I'm thinking, it's a bit weird. Um, but, you know, anyway. Uh, some... Gentlemen of the sky aren't they very civil yeah. until he then just goes to you know tie him up and put him in front of a firing squad so just just before he's about to have him shot yeah. um but yeah so um so yeah biggles he hasn't got anything to fly in and he starts going all you know say full-on rambo with his yeah. machine gun uh, versus plane yes and he hilariously i have to say it was <laughs> <laughs> it was funny um biggles has run out of bullets um Sausage uh, guy throws a grenade to the floor and then Biggles picks up. Well, he, he's got his own grenade, which he yeah. he just so happens to lob in the air. <laughs> it's a fucking shot. I'll give it that. It's an amazing shot because it lands in the um, the cockpit. Gently and... into his lap. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he flies off into the uh, the distance, the horizon, over a hill, because you don't yeah. actually see it happen. No, uh, you, don't, you don't destroy one of the planes. No, you just see an explosion. Yeah. Uh, and then, you, yes, that's right. So, he, you know, he, he kills him that way. You think Biggles is dead. They could have lasted a little bit longer on that tension. They, they could have all run outside and gone, oh, is he dead? But like within a second, he runs back into the church and he's fine. You think oh, okay. I did? Uh, yeah, I was wondering how he did survive that because I'm pretty sure he was about two foot away from that when it went boom. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but say just for a, a, the matter of a second, you're led to believe that actually he might well be dead. But then, mm. like I said, he just runs back in and he's fine. So you think, okay, fair enough. Um, and then um, Jim goes back to the present. Uh, comes back to the present. Oh man, uh, you forgot Maria's not dead. Oh yeah, sorry, I couldn't yeah. leave people on that bloody cliffhanger. She, she seems to have been shot in the neck. Yes. Because the and she's basically dead, apart from the nun who's just randomly tapping her neck with a with a bloody cloth. Um, and yeah, it seems like she's dead, but then you know a light shines through Jesus and she's alive again. Yeah. And then she just acts like she's not been shot in the neck. And she's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. It, it, is a, it is a strange scene because, like I said, they're in this kind of like, you know, convent church, whatever. And then the, the light just shines on her and she's totally because you think she's dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know if you noticed this. I mean, did, I don't know if you used to watch EastEnders. I don't watch it anymore. I should point out again for American listeners. It's a, um, a, a soap opera. Uh, very depressing. But there was a character in there called Pat Butcher. 
um, played by an actress called Pam St. Clement. Uh, she's the mother superior in this is she? She is, yeah. You, you don't really see her that closely, and she's only in it, like blink and you miss it kind of. But yeah, she's the um, she's the mother superior. Anyway, um, yeah, and then Jim comes back to to you know present day and everything else. Oh, I love this bit because he would be in the shit because he he was last seen pretty much a stealing a helicopter before then, you know, firing a machine gun at a load of policemen and almost blowing up a police car. It wasn't like he just fired a few bullets. He fired for about five seconds, just spraying the police with his machine gun. Yeah. So the police are going to fucking want him. They kind of sort of arrest him. Old Bill turns up um, and just shows the, shows my fucking, is it a real thing or is it just a fake business card? Goes, I'll take, I'll take him because he's the special air intelligence business. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, they just seem to l- let him go. Just hand him over, yeah. yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, your ID looks amazing. Looks fine. <laughs> it's not like you just knocked it up on a photocopier quickly. No, yeah. no. Your special air intelligence business. What's that? What yeah. is it? They're probably thinking, oh god, he's about. He looks about fucking hundred. Let's just stand him over, and yeah. you know, he ain't got long left to go. He'll be on the. <laughs> we don't want the paperwork. Just hand him over. We don't care. He's American. He'll go away again. <laughs> um, but then again. Within the matter of um, minutes, he's getting married. Yep. To Debbie, mm. and um, and and Bill's giving him away, um, and then his mate, who again just tried to stitch him up twice, and yet somehow he's now his best man almost. Yeah, all, is, all is forgiven. Oh, you stitched me up with a police budget, John Candy. Never mind. Be my best man. Um, you've got a pocket full of sweets because you're a fat dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. You can suck the wedding ring. <laughs> yes i'm surprised he didn't sort of like you know put it on his bride you know bride to be's finger by licking a finger or sucking yeah. the finger first and it wasn't like it was a pocket full of chocolate so it was a dirty ring it was like jelly beans so that ring was clean so he only sucked that ring as some kind of fucking alpha male statement yeah <laughs> well maybe it's some kind of like sexual mm. you know ooh, oh would you like me to suck your ring for yeah. you know <laughs> um so yeah and then the next thing you know before they're married um he gets zapped back to the past because they yes they explain uh, peter cushion explains that they never knew what happened to biggles he just sort of like you know he he still carried on doing missions for the british but then he disappeared in the, the you Guatemala. know what mm. yes uh deepest darkest jungle fuck me jungles um and i'm not being racist um and yes next thing you know they're in a pot biggles <laughs> yeah. all four of them biggles ginger algae and bertie all d- wrapped up with a very very flimsy vine inside a big inside a cooking pot that's just big enough to have them stand in it so I don't think they would have made a good casserole because by the time they disintegrated, they would have fallen over the sides. So you're wasting a lot of meat there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jim saves them and off they run to, to more adventures. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and that's it. That's where the, the movie ends. Yeah. And um, do we get, we don't get um, the hero song, do we? We get, do we get something else? Um. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it wasn't the hero song, I don't think. It was 
I think it was just a one-off song they used at the end of the film. I can't remember. It wasn't Do You Want to Be a Hero? And it wasn't that other weird <laughs> song, which they, uh, whatever it was. <laughs> it wasn't either of them. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I think it was its own little solitary piece of music. But, um, well, there you go. Have you got any other notes, Sonny, before we sort of, like, get get to the listener feedback? And That's we've... about it, to be honest. I think we've, we've pretty much covered everything i've got a few zippy zaps and stuff but nothing major nothing we haven't we haven't touched on mm. um well go on then. Well, before we we sort of like summarize ourselves should we do the uh the listener feedback and yeah, then and and then well, yeah um we've taken the piss out of this film but then you know we We'll we'll see what we actually think of it now. Does it hold yeah. up? Does it ruin your childhood, or or would we recommend it? So anyway, um, we got some um, uh, Twitter feedback on this, uh, which is really great to to see. I mean, we don't generally ask for feedback on things these days, like I said, because it's just one of the, I don't have time. But I got Dave to do it for us, so um, good, good uh, so we idea. did have, Yeah, good old Dave. So anyway, um, do you want to go first with uh, Old Man Riviera? Yes. Old man river area. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, remember going to the cinema to watch it for my brother's birthday uh, and then home to play the game. Also think there was a Blue Peter special doing a behind the, behind the screens, behind the scenes on it too. Mm. Which there was actually. Yeah. Did you watch that? I went back and I watched it. Dave sent the link to I me. I watched a little bit of it. I, I then I did a, I started watching a full 45 minute made it making of as well, but I didn't quite finish that. Did you? Bloody hell. Yeah. Was there anything out of that that you uh, stood out? The director's very posh, likes to sit in a plastic chair in the middle of nowhere, takes his art very seriously. Very, very seriously indeed. And, mm. um, it showed, it did show a couple of the shots of when they were doing uh, some of the plane work. And uh, yeah, no, that looked good. But like I said, I didn't go back and finish it all. But everyone's terribly, terribly British. Mm. Yes. Um, did they show anything about... Um... The guy who plays um, Jim was was he, he wasn't on it much up to the point mm. I saw. Okay, so. just be interesting to see what he was actually like. You know, yeah, uh, he was as bland in real life. Yeah, it's just uh, anyway. Um, have we got Michael Fisher? Um, I loved the books as a kid, but the film did not live up to my imagination so well. Maybe it was twenty years too late, or my brain is a better director. We've got Jay Holland 15, who's just put, uh, love this as a kid. Vaguely remember the comic adaptation featuring an eagle. Ah, there you go. There you go. Ah. Ah, awesome. Okay, so um, this is from Hollyfield Owen. Um, this film was a massive part of my childhood. Such an awesome, awesome movie, great performances and effects for the time. After watching this, I so wanted to live inside Terror Bridge too. Hmm. <laughs> Vimsy seventy four. Oh my god! I love this film. Such a bizarre premise. Uh, how it got made, I'll never know. Uh, but there was some kind of charm there that I still cherish to this day. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Codman, nineteen seventy six. Oh man, I love that film. I remember watching it in the cinema. Uh, we've got Psalm sixty seven. Uh, never heard of it. I might have to do something about that. Mm. Uh, Joe Pineapples 75 uh, there's a great at Smirsh Pod episode that covers this film Ooh, there you go mm. uh, uh, ooh, all right. Flid, flidgy, what is this saying am I missing something 
<laughs> no, this is uh, Frederick. This is uh, from Sweden. He's actually Swedish. Oh, okay. Fliesgran. I apologise if I pronounced that wrong. I'm just terrible at letters I don't understand. Um, he said, oh, naughty boy. Oh, yeah, boy. Uh, I used to have a pirated VHS uh, of the vampire comedy Once Bitten with Lauren Hutton and Jim Carrey. Weirdly, that's a trailer on a f- another film on the list that we've got. I've seen a trailer on that video. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. um, with a trailer for Beagles before it on the tape. Saw the trailer many, many times, uh, but have to this day not seen the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sid underscore Ballot. Firstly, it's not very good. Secondly, it was Peter Cushing's last film. It's basically a shitter quantum leap. John Anderson of Yes did the title song with his voice like air escaping a strangled balloon. <laughs> was this an email, was it? Or uh, no, this, he sent this directly to me on Twitter. Um, lovely guy, Ash. Do you want to read it? It's, no, you go for it. It's fine. Uh, Ash Malkin. Hi, Chris. I've just read that you and Adam are doing a show about Biggles. Hope it's going to get some big love. Never seem to hear uh, anyone say anything good about it. It was a staple video rental of mine growing up, and I still love it now. Watch it at least once a year, and I'm soon going to introduce my boy to it, as he is a similar age uh, to what I was when I first saw it. I even took his photo outside the door on Tower Bridge last week in preparation. Awesome. Remember being so excited at the prospect of a sequel when I was six. Sadly, it never materialised. My dad taped it for me uh, when it was on BBC Two. They bloody censored it. The bit where she pulls the German soldier's eye. Also, the DVD cover always annoyed me for having a Spitfire or something on the front cover. Look forward to hearing the show. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. That is... uh... Cool. That's very cool. Um, I thought they'd I thought they'd censor the eye somewhere along the line. Yeah, bastards. The thing is, though, I mean, I, I don't know if they do it now, because like um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that's usually shown sort of like before tea time these days. I, I, I don't know if they censor that because again, there's quite a, some you know graphic mo- moments in that. But um, yeah, mm. um, go on then. This is your pick. So, mm. uh, did it ruin your childhood uh, or? Would you recommend it? Well, first thing I'll say is, my God, it was actually nice to watch a film that's 90 minutes long. Yeah. Because I'm so used to everything being, you know, best part of two and a half hours, three hours long these days. You know, this thing does zip from A to B to C, done, uh, which is good. Um, I expected it to be a lot worse than I found it. I thought I would think it's a pile of shit. But um, no, I sat there quite happily for the 90 minutes and I was entertained enough. I quite enjoyed it, I think. Mm. Um, It's not a classic. It's never going to go anywhere near like your favourite films of all time. But from what I could remember of it, which was more or less the eyeball, uh, which is really why, you know, that and the weird, I had it on cassette tape thing. um, The only reasons I really chose it. But um, yeah, I thought it was going to be shit and cheesy but i appreciated the little things like the real stunts um which you 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 know you don't get a lot of these days because it's all done in a computer so there's something like honest about it because it you know it was planes flying around it was people jumping around fisty fights and all that when it did happen um plots very stupid the ending's a bit a bit um fit inducing Yes, the characters are shallow. Yada yada. You could you could level all this at it. The science makes no sense. It doesn't explain itself. It didn't have to. But I, yeah, I, I quite liked it. it. It's a very 
a very brief movie, which, yeah, I, I didn't mind it at all. So mm. I'd probably recommend it, <laughs> to be mm. honest. It didn't ruin my childhood. I recommend it. Mm. Um, so from my point of view, then, like I said, having not seen it before, um, the like you and I think like we've said, there's a, a few things that it could have done better, like uh, the bad guy, the, the lead character being a bit sort of like bland and boring and, you know, not doing much. Um, the soundtrack, it it dates it quite badly. Oh, yes. um, but saying all of that, um, I did actually quite like it too. And um, it's, it's not, like you said, going to replace a lot of the sort of like films from that era, you know, which I would you know put in the sort of like the classic sort of like bracket of you know raids of the lost ark you know and stuff like that um, it's not a heavy hitter is it it's very very mid mid level yeah and and <laughs> yeah and there's sort of like the um you know you can tell in say a lot of ways where they spent the money on it you know you can tell but the aerial dog fights and stuff like that look really good um and it, it didn't do very well at the box office by all accounts um but it has like you know garnered a, a cult status uh, over the years and i think from what i've read it did actually you know do better financially through sort of like tv and vid- video rentals and all that kind of stuff so yeah i actually quite liked it too um i liked it in it's kind of like it kind of um like you said a film of its time yeah. um and it's all over the place but that's kind of what i liked about it at the same time it wasn't it wasn't trying to be too pretentious or anything like that. Do you, do you know what I mean? It, it was, yeah. uh, it was daft, but I, I think it kind of the actors and everything they, they were like, you know, they were, they were doing their best with what they got. Yeah. And I, I think it goes the same with the director and the budget. I think that's one of the things that helps it is like you said, they, you know, they put the money in the right places for like the trenches and, and the air uh, dog fighting and stuff. <laughs> It doesn't feel like it was made by anyone who didn't give a shit. Uh, they were trying to do. It feels like it was made by someone who was doing the best with what he had available to him. Mm. And, and same with the actors and the scripts and everything. So I think, yeah, I think everyone was trying their best, and that that always helps. Yeah. Um, and I've watched that um, Blue Peter feature. Um, you know, I watched that on YouTube. And um, is it Janet? What's her name? The oh, Sophie Ellis Baxter's mom. Anyway, she she um, who used to be on Blue Peter, she sort of visits the set and everything else. And they say there that there was lots of rewrites and stuff, you know, with the script, which you can kind of now see well why this this sort of like this you know it jumps all over the place a little yeah. bit in terms of the story. Um, but no, I, I did. I, I quite liked it, um, and I would I would recommend it on that basis then. And I think having read the the Twitter sort of like stuff, I think generally there is quite a bit of fondness for this film which is lovely you know um so not a classic by any stretch of the imagination but fun and and uh you know and and i can only commend them for that so yeah there you go excellent Mm. i'm glad you liked it because it's nice i I am actually i'm surprised yeah i I was quite I i was pleasantly surprised Mm. So next film is my pick, and we are going to be going forward a couple of years to 1988. I think I don't think there's anything on the list that is after 1995. I th- we're, we're sort of staying around that era, I think, aren't we? Sort of like yeah. you know, mid 
80s to mid 90s because we'd have been about well we'd have been well i'm you're 40 now aren't you so i'm I'm 43 i'm a little bit older than you but you know that would have been sort of like you know i'd have been eight to sort of 17 onwards eight or eight i think 95 you think i weren't that long ago Mm, it's a long time ago 1995 <laughs> it's mad isn't it? it's crazy so um yeah so we're going to be sort of like you know bouncing around that era of films uh quite a lot um because i think like you said once we get start getting into 2000s and things like that i mean yes it is i mean like the matrix that was like 1999 which are you know 20 years ago it's crazy but um i think you know you're starting to sort of like although it's not it's 20 years ago it's still a fairly modern film do you know what yeah. i mean it, so, um, yes, um, it, we are going to be going to 1988 uh, with a movie starring Sam Elliott, uh, Peter Weller, and it is called Blue Jean Cop, or alternatively, it's on IMDb as Shakedown, but in this country it was released as Blue Jean Cop. Have you ever watched this before? I've never seen it. <gasps> so I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. Wrong ah. reversal. Yeah, and... Um, you uh, actually went out to the smelly shop and bought this. I did. Yes. Which, well, the princely sum of? 50 pence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I own this on um, DVD as well. And I think it's one of those that you can pick up as a, a bargain bucket movie. But um, we'll explain. I'll explain more next show about uh, why I've picked it. And hopefully we'll see what you think as well. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Um, right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, enjoy. It's been good doing this. Like I said, I don't know. I haven't kept track of the time. I think we've done all right. Anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, check us out at 60minuteswith.co.uk on uh, the website, whatever it's called, uh, at 60 Minutes With um, on Twitter. I'm at Dastardly Jabby. You're at... Eight Mutterings. Yeah, cool. Um, Yeah, if you've got any more thoughts about Biggles, then let us know. But um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Uh, I've got one question to ask you, Adam. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be a hero? I want to be a hero. Do do, do you want to be a hero? Ah, yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, see you later. See you later. Bye. Bye. Don't think we've been properly introduced. I'm James Bigglesworth. My friends call me Biggles. Cheese!